All right, so an innovative program in Vancouver for cannabis distribution just received Health Canada approval. This is a big deal. In the wake of the uh, BCG-EU strike uh, labor dispute uh, and the resulting distribution challenges with cannabis, which was you know often forgotten as a, as a challenge, we heard a lot about alcohol in restaurants, but cannabis had a real problem as well, and there was a lot of concern out there. People on, who were relying on medicinal marijuana were caught sort of in the middle of that, uh, that job action. Well, this could have been avoided uh, with an organization like High Hopes, uh, which has got this Health Canada approval, and founder Sarah Blythe joins me. Hey, Sarah. Hi, how are you? Good. Sarah, what don't you do? <laughs> it's like, oh. you got so many things going on. It's crazy. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's, it, is, it is definitely crazy. <laughs> what and, is this uh, uh, High Hopes, though? What's, tell, me, tell me about what High Hopes is and, and, uh, and what you've been doing with that. Uh, High Hopes was started in 2017, around the time, you know, just after the overdose prevention mm-hmm. site. And it, and it was really to try and get a, you know, some, you know, a safe supply, just sort of the start of getting safe supply to people um, when cannabis was kind of in the gray area and we could, mm-hmm. we could operate trying, while well, we were trying to get a license. But when, um, when it became legal, then we had to get a license, which took a long time to get a medical license. But uh, really what it came down to is we did a few studies with some UBC researchers like MJ Molloy, and we realized that a lot of downtown Eastside residents use cannabis cannibals cannabis for <laughs> medical purposes yeah um use cannabis for medical purposes um and they don't have access to computers or credit cards and uh, we really need to meet people where they were at uh you know in the downtown east side because it's it can be difficult to have access to a lot of different things but yeah. um but now that cannabis is legal we wanted to make sure that um there was a way that people could access it um, that it was affordable, and that if they're using it for medical purposes, uh, it would be a serious thing um, if they when they don't have access to it. Right. Um, and so that, um, yeah. So and and we really took it from seeing why veterans use it. Did a lot of research on veterans using it for pain and trauma, mm-hmm. and and facing a lot of things that you know a lot of deaths and things that people are facing in the downtown east side. Is that the and, approach? Uh, is that the approach you took with Health Canada? Is that the? I mean, to me, the process of going through with Health Canada must be so complex and challenging. You said it took a long time. Tell me, walk me through that process because I can't imagine. Yeah, I mean, it, it did take a long time. Um, you know, the security check itself took a long time—two years just for that. So, wow. but at this end of the day, you know, um, I want to make sure that what we are doing moving ahead because it's legal that we're doing something legal that mm-hmm. that it can be expanded to other things eventually that it could create a model that we could you know access people find out what they're taking maybe figure out a way to work with health canada to get other substances to people who are using substances on the street yeah. that are killing them i mean just now just as i walked uh, by um you know on hastings there was another dead body on mm. hastings and and you know really it's just Beyond shocking um, and just really sad. So, the the strike, um, the strike, the BCGEU, uh, you know, job action that happened. Most of the attention was put on on alcohol distribution, but certainly, and we talked earlier this week with uh, our guest about uh, about the challenge that uh, this the health, uh, you know, people who use cannabis and, and for health purposes, as you mentioned, um, you know, this model that you've created could be expanded as well. That's one of the things that she brought up as far as 
working with the government yeah. uh, and with the distribution model that currently exists for cannabis now that it's legalized is, is quite bureaucratic. And and yeah. and those people were caught in the middle, not only just down the downtown east side, across the province. People who use yeah. medicinal marijuana or cannabis is were really, really challenged. And so uh, this would have been something that could have alleviated that stress. Yeah, well, what you don't want to do is create a situation where people who use it for medical reasons that are going into the hospital or they're you know, um, that they're going to recreation to get it for medical reasons, mm-hmm. that they're they're not able to get it for certain periods of time. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it makes it really, you know, a lot of seniors are, are going to, yeah. to go buy it in the store and things like that. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that um, people that are using it for medical reasons are able to get it. And eventually, um, in, 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 in place of some other more toxic substances that could be prescribed as pain yeah. relief. Yeah. So, um, you know, if people have a choice um, that that some of these things would be covered besides giving someone opiates, mm-hmm. especially if I know some people who have are not on drugs and they are not, you know, they're in AA meetings and they go to the hospital and they need pain relief and they mm-hmm. are looking at us for, mm-hmm. um, you know, pain relief that's yeah. not opiates because they don't want to start that whole thing up again. 100%. Right? So there's 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 you know it is really used for medical reasons yeah. it, it you know it may not uh, um it may not be understand it doesn't work for everyone and it, not everyone may understand that but it really does and we've done seen a lot of studies yeah i have um, friends they, who use it if a guy who has ms and i have a friend who has a cancer you know they, the the, yeah. the use of it is quite broad and and uh significant for and and, and they, i know that they were stressed out with what happened this last couple of weeks the process yeah. that you're that you will do then how is it different than like the model that you you'll how will distribution work then you will it'll come from where and go and then go into the store or into a locations down there how will this work yeah so we we can order it um we order it go straight to the producer and okay. then um and then we can order it um the unique part of it is how um like how how we're going to you know work to try and lower the prices for people and maybe get it subsidized for certain people. So hmm. part of it is is actually just um, you know trying to um, change some of the ways we get cannabis or see cannabis mm-hmm. uh, as a med- as medical you know as something medical uh, that people use for pain killing. Yeah. Um, and that people actually really do use. I mean, you know people. I know mm-hmm. people. We all know people. Mm-hmm. Um, that use it for painkillers. So, um, and 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 we want to make it as easy as possible for people, especially people. Right now, we're focusing on the downtown east side right. because we want to make sure that people that don't have you know a credit card. Once you get your medical license, if you have a cre- don't have a credit card, you can't order it. Um, you can't. Uh, there's a lot of things that people can't do that are homeless or living in social housing or seniors that have some issues. So we can, um, you know, do pres- prescription drop off. We can, you know, help them get what they need and and, and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, we're really, you know, it's it's exciting. Yeah, um, the private guys they don't get worried about you as competition, and especially you're undercutting or or going direct. And your your, you know, the concern they might have is, hey, wait a minute, we have we're following the rules, we're paying our our business licenses, all that stuff. That you're, you know. Are there any concerns that the, those guys in the private uh, business of, of distribution you know, and sales? Just just recently, the laws or the way that um, it's it's you know people are able to go to producers. I think um, some of the laws are changing around that. Okay. So um, yeah, I, I I think that uh, things are changing constantly, and people mm-hmm. who are feeling like it's it's you know um, getting in the way of them being able to to get an affordable price to the people that are coming for recreational cannabis, things are changing. So, um, 
you know, these are this is strictly medical, and I think yeah. um, you know we're going to be going to places like um, hospice. Okay. Um, we're going to be you know where people uh, mm. you know shouldn't have to come out of hospice. You know, going to a retail store, right. um, okay. they should they should have access, and it should be covered. So we're we're kind of hmm. you know we're doing a completely different thing, and you have to have a a, a prescription for it. Okay. So it is you know you really have to go through a bit of a process to get it. And you mentioned this about ev- the evolution that potentially you see. Uh, I would imagine that would be hallucinogenic, like you know, do mushrooms, whatever it might be yeah. in the future. That so, and I've heard we've heard amazing things about dealing with yeah. addiction and some of the other yeah. <laughs> opioid drugs. I don't, what, what, there's various ones. Yeah. So um, right now, currently, I was looking at some of the things that that you can do with medical licenses, and one of them would be um, uh, mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I think that you know eventually we can expand our license to include that. Mm. Okay. So we'll be you know looking at that and maybe other things to add to it once we create a model that that it can get people um, safe ac- and access to safe supply because that's really why people are dying. They're yeah. not being able to access something that they know what it is. And and uh, um, yeah, I mean I certainly don't want to say that it's the only solution there it's it's a very small sure. part in the overdose crisis yeah of um, course but but seeing as it's legal you know we wanted to go the legal route to do it properly to use <laughs> and then you. to create a to create a model because um yeah excellent well sarah i, re- I appreciate <laughs> i appreciate you joining me you're you know a bit of a rebel but following the rules is also good so i appreciate uh you joining me today yeah well you know <laughs> sometimes you have to right? <laughs> i follow the rules exactly thanks sarah <laughs> take care okay Thanks. Some big news this week, of course, regarding the COVID vaccines uh, and some other topics that I want to talk about. And our guest is Jason Tetro, microbiologist and host of the Super Awesome Science Show. And he joins me now. Hey, Jason. Hello there. Thank you for joining me on this uh, last day before spring, before summer's over. We all kids head, head back to school. I appreciate it. Hey, no problem at all. Did you have a good summer? It's been an interesting summer. Um, it was really hot here in Edmonton, which oh, yeah? we weren't expecting. So, and, and I actually spent a few days in Vancouver when it was really hot as well. I have to say, being hot in Vancouver on the beach <laughs> is much better than being hot in the prairies in the Edmonton. Yes, totally, <laughs> totally. And, and, you know, I think from a work point of view, it must have, you know, the difference between last year and this year related to this issue that we're talking about today, which is COVID and the vaccines. Is it quite the world's mm-hmm. apart or what do you think? Not really. Uh, I think what's happened <laughs> well, is that we I feel have, like it is. I know. <laughs> I feel like it's a different <laughs> it world. It sounds crazy, but... Um, but the, no, the reality is that last year it was really all about, um, you know, trying to figure out what what type of uh, variant we're dealing with and, you know, how do I get the vaccines in the early part of the year? And then, you know, when should I be getting a booster shot in mm-hmm. the later part of the year? It's all the same. The only thing that's different is that we've maintained the Greek name, Omicron, and yeah. everything else has been pretty much the same. Well, and now here we are, yeah. finally in a situation where we have a vaccine, a bivalent vaccine, yes. where so, we actually can tackle Omicron, and it seems like everybody's just as confused. <laughs> that's why you're here. That's why you're here. Tell me what. Tell me what's going on, because I, you know, I just, just jab it in my arm and tell me what I'm supposed to do, and I'm good to go. But some people want more information than I do, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. So what's what's happened is we find ourselves yet again in one of these situations where we have 
um, a bit of a lag time from the approval mm-hmm. of this new vaccine, the bivalent that uh, incorporates uh, protection against BA1, one of the Omicron strains, um, and when we're going to actually see it coming out, which could be several weeks, if not a month, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we still have people who are either coming on six months after they've had an infection or they had their booster shot. And so, you know, wh- where should I go? What should I do? Should I wait? And of course, you know, the, 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 the word from Ottawa is, well, you just have to take a look at your situation. Uh, but, but the actual <laughs> thing that you have to understand is that if you are in a place where you don't have a lot of transfer going on yeah. and you know the people around you, you can you, you are, are not really all that um, out there in terms of seeing people mm-hmm. and being in places where, uh, you know, there might be transfer going on, then it, it's not really that big of a deal. But if you happen to be in a situation where you're constantly high turnover with people like, mm-hmm. say, buses or yeah. malls or schools, mm-hmm. then you might want to get the vaccine if you happen to be coming up on your sixth month. Okay, so what? Uh, but how? So this this new vaccine basically covers all the stuff that we know right now that exists, or just the ones that are the bad no. ones. So what does it do? No, how that's different. Well, what this is going to do is it's going to give you antibodies that are going to be able to attack the Omicron strains. Right. Um, but because it's specific to BA one which was around a number of months ago mm-hmm. and kind of disappeared, you don't have the same type of protection that you would have if you had the ones that were just approved in the States, the BA5 ones, right? Ah. So what's happened is that Health Canada, literally in their press conference yesterday, said, we've already called Pfizer and Moderna and said, hey, where are the BA5s for us? Mm-hmm. Because we'd like to approve those. So it may be another three to four months before we get the ones that are going to take care of the uh, of the strains that are circulating right now okay we're always behind that that's the one thing you have to understand when it comes to SARS-CoV-2 we're always going to be behind until we can start doing predictions like we are doing with the flu and even when we're right with the flu we sometimes only get somewhere between 60 and 75 percent effectiveness so the days of the 95 percent effective that we had with the original strain and the original vaccine are gone Oh, now it's just a matter of giving hmm. yourself that protection to make sure that you're going to protect against 75 to 85 percent. But you're never going to be able to simply fully protect against uh, the, the virus. There's just too many well, strains out there. Okay. And you just can't keep up. That's the reason. So it's it's new, just like the flu. Every year there's a new kind of strain of flu. And yeah. the, 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 the vaccine we get doesn't necessarily catch, capture them all. So it's exactly the same as that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I mean, I've been saying this since, well, basically May of 2020, that <laughs> this is where we're going to be. Uh-huh. And now here we are, September of People 2022. People are outraged with you. How dare Ta-da! you? You never, you never told us. I don't remember that, Jason. I don't remember. So, so not knowing, I mean, because the thing is, I remember the days, back in the day when we were obsessed with these variants and we talked to you and you said, you know, we're still in this Omicron, you know, but, but this mm-hmm. it's not reported the way it used to be. Uh, as far as, oh, today our new variant is this one yeah. and that one. We don't even know what variant we're on anymore. Well, do you remember back in 2020, we talked about something called herd immunity? Yes. Yeah, elimination. Australia tried to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, the thing is, is that as more and more people get vaccinated and as more and more people come down with mild versions of the COVID-19, mm-hmm. um, then what ends up happening is that you start to develop this sort of herdish like immunity like we have with the flu and rhinovirus and mm-hmm. RSV, et cetera, et cetera. Now, it's not going to necessarily protect you from an infection altogether, 
But what it's going to do is it's going to make sure that if you do get infected, you'll just be like, ugh, I got a cold yeah. or ugh, I got the flu or ugh, I got COVID. Yeah. That's where we're heading right now. I feel like that's where we are. We're already there. I mean, I had, I got COVID in June. <sighs> I, get, I got it in June and I had, it was two days I was sick and it was just like a cold. And everybody, yeah, my, everybody but, had it and you sort of feel like, oh, okay. And everybody, everybody I know has had now, has had COVID now, everybody. And, they, and they're oh, all yeah. vaccinated. What? Yes, and, and that's the thing is that if they were vaccinated, they probably only had it for a couple of days mm-hmm. or maybe five days or whatever. Yeah. I think the, the thing, though, is that we're not quite there yet because there are still a, not, a, quite a number of people um, who simply either have not been vaccinated or who are in a situation where they have an immunocompromised situation mm-hmm. whereby if okay. someone did give it to them, even if they had four shots, there's still a risk that they might actually be coming down mm-hmm. with it. We're getting closer to that, and I think by the end of the year, we may be in a much better place because we'll probably have that BA5 version already out. Um, and I, ha- I don't know about you, but I haven't heard any other numbers, right? Like, it's been BA4, BA5. We right. haven't really heard of yes. you know, BA6 yes, Jason, I'm, or I'm BA way ahead of you. I'm way ahead of you, Jason, on all the reporting. <laughs> have you heard about B- <laughs> BA9? I'm, I'm all over that one. I've been, well, yeah. I've been talking I, about it for I months. Mean, I, and it's so funny because like every day I wake up and I'm like, is there another BA? No? <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> because if we end up with BA5 as being the BA and end all. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, that, that, that joke <laughs> alert. That joke alert. <laughs> then um, we may end up having the, the BA5 as being the quote unquote universal and we don't have to worry about COVID ever again. I'm not saying that's the case, but boy, that would be so Wouldn't that be nice? I was looking yeah. at the stuff in America, in U.S., and so they are, still have 400 people dying uh, every day in the states. Yeah, and they're describing. They're, there's a sort of there's a story I was reading, and a, they're sort of already going, "Hey, it's an endemic. It's not it's not a pandemic anymore. It's an endemic. What's mm-hmm. the big deal?" Kind of like you're saying, but they don't have the vaccination rates that we have here, and so they're seeing much worse situation down there. I even see stories about them still so mm-hmm. concerned about going back to school, and I'm and I'm like, "What? <laughs> That's still an mm-hmm. issue down there." Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because if you don't have a high enough vaccination rate, then you have a very high chance that the infection is going to lead to some kind of severe consequences. And it doesn't matter what your age is, right? If you happen to be over the age of 70, then yes, death is a possibility. If you happen to be between the ages of 30 and 50, then long COVID is really a a problem. Mm -hmm. If you happen to be under the age of 30, then you've got heart problems. That could be a case. And if you're in your childhood, then there's the uh, multi-system infections that could potentially lead to along COVID. So every age group could possibly have a problem yeah. in those who are unvaccinated. George Affleck in for Jill. And we've got uh, Jason Tetra here from the Super Awesome Science Show. We're taking your call, 604-280-9898. The lines are, oh, wow, they're going crazy. Gordon from Maple Ridge, go ahead, your question. Uh, first of all, George, I'd like to say I think you do a great job filling in. Oh, thanks. Um, so here's my question. Uh, a lot of my family members have had COVID. My wife had it. She got hit real hard, like three or four days, uh, and I have not had COVID. <laughs> so how does that happen that I live and sleep in yeah. the same house and I don't get it? It's a miracle. It's a miracle. <laughs> What's going on, Jason? Well, were, were you vaccinated? Uh, triple. Both my wife and I are triple vaccinated. Exactly. So what ends up happening is that Sometimes the amount of antibodies that an individual creates after a vaccination dose is going to be different than, say, another person who may actually be a spouse. And so one person may end up getting a higher dose, especially if they're the contact. In other words, they're the ones who got it. 
Um, and then what ends up happening is that, yeah, it was it was actually shared with you, the virus, and it probably did, quote unquote, infect you, the virus, but your antibodies were strong enough to be able to prevent any kind of symptoms. So that's usually how it works when we're talking about familial spread of a, uh, of a virus. And, and it works the same way with the flu as well. Hmm. All right. I hope that helped. Um, yeah, go ahead. Well, you know up. what? We, we, we did have the rapid antigen test kits with us, and I took them, and I did show up negative. So would that not have shown up on that test? Nope because you need to have a certain viral load in order for that to pop up. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why you can actually get the sore throat feeling before you actually test positive three or four, two or three days later, uh, and especially with something like an Omicron. So even though you tested negative, doesn't necessarily mean that you didn't have the virus inside of you. All right, I hope that helped, Gordon. we got lots of calls. Hey, just a quick question, Jason. Uh, what's it? I've heard numbers thrown around as far as people who are completely immune to it. They, they won't get it, like 2% of the people will never, they just, they don't, they, for whatever reason. Uh, Is that true? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, it's a genetic thing. So okay. we have these, well, they're called polymorphisms that occur in our immune genes. Mm-hmm. And some of them actually are able to create antibodies that are going to be able to block this particular virus because we saw another version of the virus, either NL63 or OC43. I mean, it's very complicated, but the answer is, yeah, a very, very small percentage. Very small percentage. All right. Thanks, Gordon. Mike from uh, Vancouver, go ahead. Yeah, if you've had two, the regular, and you've had the other two of the four vaccinations, do you need to get another vaccination for the new one? Keep them going, I'd say. (laughs) My my argument is just keep them jabbing. When when was the last time you got the vaccine? Uh, Well, the last time was... uh, uh, let me see what went through. I guess it was the, when they offered it the last time. I don't know, Feb- February, or something. June, whenever it was. Yeah, when you got six months apart, in October, and then the next yeah. one. Yeah, six. Yeah, so, so spring. February, so, March, I mean, probably. Yeah, so you're, you'll probably be coming out, you'll probably be ready for the vaccine when we actually see the BA5 coming mm-hmm. out. And that's one I do recommend that you actually get because then you're protected against the circulating strain. And as we talked about in the previous segment, we haven't heard of another version of the BA6, uh, 7, 8, whatever. Mm-hmm. So this might actually give you that protection you need for the future. Thanks, thanks, Mike. I've had my three doses, so I'm getting close to my fourth, but I should just wait till the BA5 comes out? Anything <sighs> It, it, again, it, it depends. Um, if you happen to be sitting in a studio most of your life, probably not, because the, mo- the people who are around you—I mean, they might give you other things, but definitely not, you know, not the virus. But if you happen to be, you know, seeing people on a regular basis, yeah. like I said, shopping malls or, or schools or something like that, then you might still want to go get that. Yeah. Shot. No, I'm still. I'm still. I leave the studio once in a while. I have other jobs. Um, all right, thanks, Mike. <laughs> I just do this part time. Brad from Victoria, go ahead, Brad. Oh, hey, Jason. Uh, hey, I got my third dose on uh, January 1st, almost six months to the day on June 30th. I tested positive. I tested positive mm. for 14 straight days before I, uh, before I was clear. Yeah. My, wife never, my wife never got it, lived in the same house and all that good stuff. My symptom was pretty much like I had a concussion, didn't have a sore throat, mm. nothing else. But for oh, two and a half weeks, yeah. I had this nagging headache. I couldn't shake. Mm. But my, my yeah. question is, now that I'm six weeks from having tested positive, three doses in, should I wait for the BA5 or, or what, what, do you, what are your thoughts when I should get a vaccine? Yeah, so the, the National Advisory Committee on Immunization, NACI, has actually now said you should wait six months after you've either had an infection or you had a vaccination. So mm. if you just had it six weeks ago, then by the time you're up for a vaccine, the BA5 will probably be approved. Oh, okay. Th- thanks, Brad, for your call. That helps me because I had, I, had, I had COVID in June, so I should wait till December. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. All right, Benny from Abbotsford, go ahead. 
Yeah, I'm a senior citizen over 75 with a strong immune system. I've had the normal two vaccines and the two booster shots. The last booster shot was at the beginning of June. Now, do I have to wait for six months till December to get this new combination shot? And uh, should I get this combination <laughs> Thanks, shot? Benny. I think the answer is yes to those questions. Well, the answer is yes for getting it. As for your age being over 75, you may have the strength of a bull in your immunity, <laughs> but you still qualify for three months if you really want to do it. All right. Real quick. <laughs> I hope that helps. Yeah, I think that helps. Thanks, Benny. Real quick. We've got about 30 seconds, uh, Catherine. Sorry to rush you, but go ahead. Oh, yes. Um, I'm curious about Novavax. Are they going to come out with a new variant vaccine? Because I reacted to the Moderna booster Uh really badly. So Mm -hmm. that I'd like. Thanks, Catherine. Real quick, Jason. I haven't seen anything yet from Novavax, but because we're now approving vaccines based on the platform and then you get rapid review for anything that comes after that, it would not surprise me that Novavax is going to go that route. Hmm. All right. That's all the time we got. Jason, thanks very much for joining me. Sorry for those who couldn't get through. I appreciate it, Jason. Hey, have have a Labor Day weekend. (laughs) Have a good time. Have a good long weekend. Take care. All right. It's time for some schools coming back on Tuesday. I got a kid who's still in school uh, and he's all into the super tech. He has a company called Q-Tech. His name's Quinn. It's Q-Tech. So he has this whole business model that he's created. He's got a whole plan for his own phone system. I was looking at his business plan this morning. He's got this. He plans to make $100 billion. I'm loving this. I'm loving this. If he wants to go into tech and make billions, I'm in. I'm in for that. Andy Barrar joins me now. He's our technology and digital lifestyle expert, and he's a handy andymedia.com. He's also a weekly contributor to The Shift with Shane Hewitt. Hey, Andy. Hey, George. How are you? Good. Thanks for joining me again this week. Look, uh, it's back to school. We touched on stuff last week, a bit on the whole control of your kids uh, as far as they're you know, using the Internet, uh, given the school is coming back. We've all kind of slacked off. But let's talk a bit about, you know, cool things and products that are coming out that you might want to give us the heads up on that uh, I might need to prepare myself to save for uh, coming up in the fall. Well, you know, any parent out there that's buying a laptop for their son or daughter for back to school, you're going to notice something. And these laptops have gotten really thin. But one thing missing is all the ports, George. They have what's called a USB-C mm-hmm. port. But the, the olden days, like I remember when I would buy a laptop, I wanted to know, do you have an HDMI port? Do you have an SD right. card port? Uh, these days, because they make them so thin, they don't have that. So the number one accessory for anybody that's buying a new laptop is you need to get one of these new uh, USB-C hubs. <laughs> and they're basically a hub that connects uh-huh. via USB-C. And it gives you all those ports that you used to have on a laptop, but because they're so thin, you actually need it. This is so essential, George. I don't understand why laptops don't even just come with them. You have to buy them separately, but um, I have a great one I think I know why. (laughs) Well, they want to make money. It's a moneymaker for sure. You can't even get a power cord anymore, I think, with some (laughs) things. It's like you get a phone now, you don't even get a power cord. You got to buy that extra. I know, but like they're really taking the the um, a lot of the the benefits of the laptop away, and then you have yeah. to buy again. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of knockoffs when it comes mm-hmm. to these because they're so essential. But uh, I found one from Kensington, okay. and I put it on my website. So if people want to, I actually tried it out, so I know it works good because I've actually tested it myself, and it's a really a must-have for anybody because if you have a, a camera like an actual DSLR mm-hmm. camera and you have an SD card. 
how are you going to put that onto your laptop yeah. without one of these hubs? So, and, and what makes a good hub? How am I supposed to know what a good hub and a bad hub is? I mean, you plug it in, you push, put the things in there. Is it speed? Well, typically, it... the thing is, if you go on Amazon and you put USB-C hub, mm-hmm. you're going to find all these different kind of knockoff brands and, and the prices are going to be all over. What you really want to do is stick with the brand that you trust. And mm-hmm. so... You know, Belkin, all these different types of brands. Kensington has been around forever, you know, and, and I was looking at their product offerings and they're, they're making like webcams now and, and a variety of different things, but it's a brand that you can trust um, because there's so many of these knockoff brands on Amazon that I, I would be very reluctant to recommend one of them without physically having to try it but the kensington one i tried and it works just as i expected that's great laptops in general i mean it's really tough my kid's a pc user i'm a i'm a mac person so we have that battle as you can imagine yes uh, we live the mac pc debate every day um so yeah i mean laptops and but mac is changing they're bringing out new models isn't september always their launch of new products at apple that's right. Yeah. The, the new iPhone is going to be announced uh, pretty soon coming up because it is, you know, it's not just back to school, but we have to say back to school is the kickoff towards the, you know, the yeah. fall hol- and the winter holidays and Christmas. Christmas. So yep. that's the big holiday season when it comes to tech. Uh, but back to school in terms of buying a laptop, this is the time, even if you're not a student and you need to get a laptop, you're going to find the best deals right now. And you, if you don't do it now, you're going to have to wait till Christmas to get those deals. Okay. What else you got? What other ideas for me? To, I'm noting things here, planning my Christmas shopping, well, here's but a, also school back to school. Yeah. Here's a handy tip for everybody because I've experienced this problem so many times. You know, a lot of us have printers at home, but when it's summertime, nobody's printing anything. We're on vacation. Mm-hmm. And what happens with a lot of students is they'll get you know back to school and their first report, they go to print. And it doesn't work because typically with these inkjets, what you'll notice is even though that they have these new super tanks where mm-hmm. have all this ink on the side, if you don't use it constantly, the, the printer head will get dried up and it won't work. So there is software for a lot of the printers. If you go inside their software, it will manually clean the printer head. But sometimes if that doesn't work, you'll actually have to physically clean up yourself. What? So it's a good time to do this now rather than when you're printing your first essay that's due. <laughs> you just just smudge everywhere. Your printer works. Or uh, there's nothing comes out. Yeah, you know, and I think it's funny because, I mean, obviously what happens to most people is just go, oh, let's buy new printers. It's easier. I mean, they just, these things stop working. Oh, oh well, I guess yeah. I got to get a new printer. But you can actually clean it yourself. I didn't know that. Yeah, and it it breaks my heart because a lot of these printers, it's just a head that needs to be cleaned and people throw it away and then they buy a new one. Mm -hmm. And and we got to get away from that, that whole culture of just keep buying things. I, I, you know, my nickname is Handy Andy because I'm the (laughs) DIY guy. I will fix things. Like, George, I still have my first wireless Uh, mouse. It's from 2004 and I still got this thing working. You don't still use it, do you? No, it's 18 years old. You know, if I if I had a kid when I bought that mouse, it'd be going to university right now. Um, so, you know, even though I love gadgets, it, I tried to keep yeah. them working as long as possible. All right. I always tell my kids, you know, don't use all you don't use all colors of the rainbow for your printing job. Black is just fine uh, because they tend to print color on these things. I'm like, you're killing me on the price here. It's expensive uh, ink, so you know, do do that as well. I'd say for parents, make sure your kids are printing in black and white. What else you got? What else you got, Andy? Uh, one, one thing, you know, George, I was thinking about like my time and back to school and one of the biggest regrets that I have, and I urge all parents to talk with your kids or kids if you're listening, take your uh, typing class very, very seriously. That is a skill <laughs> that is 100%. going to translate 
Unbelievable, uh, yes. You know, when I was a kid, like this is pre-internet when we were taking yep. it, so I didn't really take it seriously. You know, I was one of those, mm-hmm. you know, cocky little boys who's like, oh, I can do two fingers on each hand. And, and <laughs> every day I write an email or I have to write an article and all the typos I make because I don't have that good technique. So kids. You're not still me. doing that, are you, Andy? You're still typing like that? Not, no, it's gotten better, George, but it's not perfect. Okay. You know, it, had I learned properly as a kid, yeah. you know, especially the pinky, that's my weak, my weak finger <laughs> yeah, me right too. now. Me too. Um, I know I, I learned, I took typing when I started working as a journalist. So that when I, I probably was 27 and I, I was a two, I was a peck, you know, yeah, three fingers I used before that. And I started getting carpal tunnel. I started like pain in my arm. I'm why is those pain in my, in my wrist? I'm realizing cause I'm using two fingers the whole time. Uh, and so I took a typing course. I went to, to, to a night school then and took a typing course. It was torture, though, making the transition. It took me, you know, like, you have to make that decision. I'm trying to work, and I'm making the transition to using all my fingers. And it was really, yeah, but I had to commit to it. But eventually, it's amazing. It gets into your brain, and you just learn. It just suddenly starts working. But now they have all these programs. I'm assuming you got some ideas for programs. Well, they have a lot of programs online. You can actually do, like, typing tests. And I feel if I just did that <laughs> with my friends where we were just competing like sports where we're trying to see who had the <laughs> fastest test, I think then I would have gotten good at it. But I was just being a little brat. You know, I think I was like 9 That's or 10. That's a great idea, though. Oh, my so gosh. So please, kids, this is one of the fundamental skills that is going to be used for the rest of your life. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Take your typing class seriously. It's true. Okay, before we go to the break, any more gadgets to think about? Uh, the last one is you want to clean your iPhone and get rid of all your pictures and move it away. Yeah. So the great way to do it without using iCloud is this little tiny device called SanDisk. It has a USB-C uh, connector on one side yeah. and, of course, the lightning port on the other side. It's like a little hard drive. I have it on my website. It's $54. You get 128 gigs. You can move all your photos off your phone onto your computer without having used the Internet or iCloud. So it's a must-have. Go to my website if you want to find a link to buy that. George Affleck in for Jill. We're taking your calls. The number is 604-280-9898. My guest is Andy Burrar. He's our tech guy. He's Handy Andy Media. He's on The Shift with Shane Hewitt. Talks about tech. We were talking about gadgets before. If you have any questions for Andy, he's here to take them. Uh, 604-280-9898. 604-280-9898. We've got Alan from Surrey. Go ahead, Alan. Your question for Andy? Yeah. Hi, Andy. I have a Lenovo IdeaPad 3 Series. And uh, it's slim. It works really good. It just doesn't have the ports that I want. And uh, my previous laptop had probably triple the ports that this one has. So I did buy a Belkin brand docking station, but only the USB ports uh, work. The HDMI port does not work with my Lenovo laptop. So I did call Lenovo, and they don't have... Because I know they specifically make docking stations for their laptops, and uh, they don't have one for the IdeaPad 3. I was just wondering Huh. Uh, that, that recommend one. Thanks, Alan. Uh, you know, this is what you're talking about at the top, do- you know, these docking stations for these computers. I mean, this, this, is this one too big of a beast or what is, what's, what's the deal, Andy? Well, the thing with these uh, docking stations is sometimes you have to also install software for them to work. Ah. I don't know if that's the case with this one, but check out Kensington because I was on their website. I was like, wow, you guys make this too? You make this too? They do have these docking stations. And just for like the any other listeners out there, you know, if you use a second monitor, I'm telling you, if you go three monitors, you'll never go back. It is amazing. Three monitors? Like, you could do a three-monitor setup. It, monitors are so inexpensive these days. Why, George, though? What do you do with three monitors? Come on. I can barely George, use one. 
No, it's amazing. You have one just for your email. You can have one for your social media and one for your word processor. And you're just like a machine. You you're know, basically a cup trying, of coffee. Yeah, you're like working 360 degrees around in a circle with that many lenses. That, that's, yeah, you should see my setup at home. Uh, <laughs> but right. uh, again, with these docking stations, they do allow you to do that. And so some of the dockings will allow you to have two HDMI ports. So you can have two different monitors or some of them will support other types of display ports. So okay. uh, it's a really good idea, especially if you're multitasking. Three monitors will change your life. Trust me. All right. Hope that helped, Alan. Thanks, uh, Alan from Surrey. Uh, lines are open 604-280-9898. 604-280-9898 if you have questions for Andy. Hey, Andy, there's some interesting stuff. I, I, I don't know if you saw... Uh, uh, th- what's going on in uh, selling this advanced this, this chip technology? And I, I didn't know that this chip te- chip technology is kind of like uh, it's very like the, we're banning America's banning the sale of chips to China because of access to tech. It's really I didn't know this was like a commodity, a chip. Yeah, this, so this is a very interesting story that's coming out of the U.S. right now. So a company called NVIDIA, and a lot of people will know NVIDIA for making graphics processors and for gamers. Uh, they were huge in gaming. Mm-hmm. Well, over the last couple of years, George, their technology and in, in the chips that they made for these graphic processors translated well for servers, for these big servers. But not only that, they were the first to design the ability for these chips to to handle AI type of computing mm-hmm. on the level of the chip. And they beat out AMD and Intel, their two competitors. So they're the leader. They have a 95% market share around the world for uh, these chips that require that are used in AI machines, so mm-hmm. autonomous driving and such. So any kind of data farm, we have lots of data. You need this chip. It's like the brains of the AI. And they will, it kind of reminds so, me of like Transformers, where yeah. it's like the matrix of the AI. Okay. And what the U.S. is doing is they're telling this U.S. company, you can't deal with China. You can't. And if you want to deal Why? and have customers in China, you have to get permission from us first because the U.S. fears that these chips are so advanced that the Chinese military is going to take advantage of them. And so now they're trying to halt the sales. Wow. But you got to feel for NVIDIA. I they know. Came up with billions, this. It's a billion people in China. Come on. It's a huge market. And they came up with this technology, but huh. it is so good that the U.S. government oh is worried that P- the, punished the military for quality. is going that's brutal. Uh, I saw Disney's trying to look like trying to build a system like Amazon with products, and I was looking at the story, going, I don't understand. So Disney's going to sell. They have their online channel. We have the theme parks, and they have products. They're trying to look at the Amazon model and bring them all together. They took a playbook or a page out of the Amazon playbook with this one. So what Disney Plus, everybody's familiar with Disney Plus as a streaming platform. But what they want to do is make it profitable by 2024. And so they're trying to figure out how can we leverage Disney Plus. And what they're going to try to do is maybe consider a subscription model Mm. very similar to what we see with Amazon Prime. So with Amazon Prime, you get the free delivery. You get access to Amazon Prime video. You get access to their photos and music and and so much more. So Disney... get everything they have like their parks so, and everything so they want to milk and i always talk about disney uh george you know with especially with the star star wars franchise they really like to milk that cow so what they're going to do is if they see that on disney plus you watch a lot of star wars you might start getting these prescription or subscription offers where you could go to a oh, star wars okay. themed resort and then get star wars merchandise and so they're going to use the data of our viewing habits to then leverage and suggest subscriptions so that if you are a fan of one of their franchises, uh, you can now get a complete subscription package to get deals on it. So we'll see if, the, you know, if that works and if, if parents and kids uh, you know, like that kind of an idea. 
Interesting. All right, Andy, we're out of time, and sorry for the callers that just got through and and we can't get them on. Appreciate you joining me, Andy. Anytime, George. Thanks.